Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Coming up on today's show, we're recapping the Nintendo Direct, the PlayStation State of Play, and I've got some Assassin's Creed whiskey to taste. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm one of your hosts, Andrea Renee, joined once again in studio by Brittany Brombach. What is this life? I'm here. It's with my you. dream life, obviously. It's so good to have you back, Brittany. We have a special guest here, Janet Garcia. Is here, everybody. What's up? Thanks it's for so me. great to have you back. I was realizing I didn't ask you the preferred way you want to be introduced because you do so many things now. How do I even prioritize which one of those jobs you want to kind of go by? I guess I usually go by game critic and content creator, semicolon, head of pen to pixels, co-host of PS I Love You at Kind of Funny Vids, and co-host in MinMax. So yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Just and doing a few uh, the senior editor at Lost and Cult for Lock. On, which is a quarterly gaming journal. Um, Amazing. But yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's what I do. Doing lots of stuff. Um, yes. And yeah. you're here. Yeah, and I'm excited to be here. This it's worked out really great. It is such like a cool studio space. Um well, thank you. I mean, obviously I've seen it like on camera as a viewer, but like actually stepping in and being on like set, it's really nice. Yay. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, it's gonna be nothing compared to the new kind of funny studio that we saw the teaser for. So, it's like, so we're number one right now. <laughs> oh man, that's, yes. you're putting we're me, gonna hold on to it. You're putting me in a rough box. I just went to Min Max's studio, but oh, well, okay. Yeah, fine. I mean, that's fine. Maybe, well, you work for Min Max. You, you're obligated to say that their studio is better. They did have to go to Ikea to get new chairs, though. So I think the studio might be better. But, oh, you well, know, give it time. <laughs> I got mine from uh, Wayfair, I think. There you go. Um, that lovely uh, site. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we are glad that you are back. I want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, Alex Orgopoulos, Ferris Satia, Justin Foshi, and Punctified. And if you want to join our Patreon community and support our voices in video games, patreon.com slash what's good games is the place to do it where you can get the show ad free. Or if you don't have some money, that's okay. It's tough times right now. Hopefully you have a few minutes of your time because we've been getting some amazing five-star reviews from people. So thank you to everybody who's taken the time. And I see you people who are like, yo, I gave my five-star review a long time ago and you missed me and I'm sorry. I think someone said something about two years ago. I don't even know if we were doing these shout outs two years ago. I don't know if we were. And then you had this epiphany of like, yo, we should shout these out. It started off with Janet, me calling out the stupid people who gave us one star review for dumb reasons. (laughs) You know, I was like, oh, this person gave us a one star because we're women. You can counter that. And then it just kind of worked. People are so kind. And I I want to give a shout out. Marisa? Marisa? It looks like Marisa. 92. This review actually made me tear up a little bit. I came across your podcast during lockdown when I was looking for a way to learn more about gaming so my husband and I could do the hobby together. I wanted to be able to talk about upcoming games he might be interested in and learn more about the industry as a whole. Not only did this podcast help me do that, but I also learned about a lot of games I may not have tried otherwise. And so it's just... 
I think it's important to remind ourselves, Andrea, that this is kind of why we do what we do. Yes. This is the warm and fuzzy part of what we do. You know, you get people all the time because you're, you're everywhere. When you get those nice comments, it really does carry us as content creators a long way. So thank you. Absolutely. So sweet. Thank you for taking the time, everybody who is leaving wonderful reviews. Today's show is also brought to you by ExpressVPN, but we'll talk about that in just a little bit because, oh boy, oh boy, there is a lot of news this week. What a week. What a surprise. Yeah, this is the best E3 you've had in years. What's interesting about this week is that it clearly is Tokyo Game Show, which is underway as of the publish of this podcast. But Tokyo Game Show hasn't been a big center for news like this in a long time and i don't know if all of these japanese companies decided to do their events this week to kind of bolster their support for tgs as an event or if it was just coincidence maybe that's just the way the pins are falling just happened right now things are ready to go and ready to be shown off it's true i mean dang we're heading for the fall and that's like a pretty busy time like that's like review season two Mm -hmm. we had that early one the beginning of the year which was rare like usually it's kind of a slower start but it's like the ramp up time but it's still rare to see i think two like big showcases coincide three big showcases janet rgg summit stream (laughs) well on the same day and i feel like we're gonna cover that more than any of the others i don't know what you're talking about but before we do that we have to get prepped by drinking some of this assassin's creed whiskey so you may see that i have the bottle i tweeted that assassin's creed has a limited edition whiskey let me get you guys a little close-up shot here for everybody watching at youtube.com slash what's good games and i have a closer shot on my uh, twitter page but so this is a limited edition bottle i love the creep in it is bottled by crystal falls spirits and it's distilled in texas which is interesting and it's uh about leaping into history (laughs) great literally what it says so cheers ladies cheers 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 let's give this a taste it definitely has more of a whiskey feel than a bourbon feel though Mm. it says straight bourbon whiskey on the bottle though i think they're technically not allowed to say that right they're not allowed to call it bourbon but it must be whiskey in a bourbon style they're trying to get away with it it's it's I'm you don't sure. like it. Just say no, it. No, no, it's Just not say that it. I don't like it. I'm trying to, real honestly, I'm trying to decide if I'm tasting my lip gloss or the whiskey itself. Of course. It's as long as it doesn't that. taste like balloons, I think we're good. I don't drink a lot of whiskey, so I'm like, it's better than the really like bad stuff, but I'm like, what is this supposed to taste like? What would you, what would, how would you describe like, what is a good whiskey? What's the mark of a good whiskey? Like, what should I be looking for? I like smoky whiskey. Like, oh, that's why I like it looks campfire scotches. So you're more, you're more of a scotch girl. Really? No, 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 no. Well, this is interesting to me as like a diehard Maker's Mark fan. I mean, it's it's easy. It's reliable. Love me some Maker's Mark. And this is okay. It has, I don't know what the flavor is. The word that's coming to mind is like pale. Like there's not like a big like something. There's something missing it. From tastes it tastes like it's like cleaning the insides of you, <laughs> which I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, like most whiskeys do because they're usually pretty high proof. This one is 90 proof, which is, you know, tame for a lot of whiskeys, but still very strong. Most alcohol is usually between 75 and 80 proof. Yeah, I mean, it's It'll fine. wake you up. It's, yeah, It'll I, cure what ails you. I feel what? like this is reflective of how I feel about Assassin's Creed in general. Would mm, you? Uh, we're going to pin that for a second. I'm going to read the little marketing speak Here on the we website. Yes. It says, Crafted in the hill country of Texas and finished in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, this four-year-old straight bourbon whiskey carries a rich flavor with rye spice, wheat character, and hints of cherry, vanilla, and oak appealing to spirit connoisseurs and fans alike this iconic selection is a worthy
worthy addition to any bar. Game hard, drink responsibly. I feel like you buy this for the bottle, not for the not for the bird. Is this why I bought two? One to rock, one to stock? Maybe. Oh, you should put a, you could display That's great it next phrasing. Your, uh, I've never heard that before. I can't take credit. It oh. is a sneakerhead thing where when you see a really like dope pair of sneakers, mm-hmm. you buy two. Because you rock one so you can wear it out in the streets, and then you stock one so you can sell it for a lot of money one day. Because once you've worn it, the value of the sneakers goes way down. That's kind of like Pokemon cards. One to rock, one to stock. Yeah, Yeah, I guess you could like play with one and then keep one like in its fancy case or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I wouldn't buy it again. What part of history do you feel transported to when you drink this? Well, since it's an American whiskey, I feel Assassin's Creed 3 is appropriate. I feel like... I would say Black Flag, but then I know people are going to come at me because I go, that's rum, because it's whatever. They will come at you like me. I will (laughs) come at you. But again, like pale, like stale wood is the, is the, comes to mind. Well, so certainly not worth the $69.99 price No, 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 you buy it for the bottle. (laughs) You just stare at it. It's limited edition. It's, it's good. I've definitely had better whiskeys. Yes. But did I buy two bottles? I sure did. Okay, that's enough about whiskey. Shall we talk about this? giant news week that we've had (laughs) Brittany is barely containing herself so we've put the rgg content at the end of the news block everybody so hopefully by then i'll be (laughs) devoid of like energy so i won't be like an absolute (laughs) mad woman but it'll be fine i mean i hope you're not devoid of energy by the time we get to you know your husbando section of the show well if i am i'll just come right back okay i mean okay so the first thing that happened this week is the nintendo direct And this was a surprise announcement. They literally announced it the day before it happened. They were like, surprise, we're having an announcement. And I thought it was interesting. And I should note that we are skipping over another big event that happened over the weekend because it's now old news. And we'll probably go over a little bit of, in case you missed it, about the Ubisoft Mm -hmm. forward that happened. Mm -hmm. where they talked about a bunch of stuff like Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. But we're going to start with Nintendo Direct and clearly the big guns of the show of the Nintendo Direct was... Breath of the Wild 2, also known as its official name, Tears of the Kingdom. Or is it Tears? We've been debating. They did that on it's purpose. Tears. It's definitely it Tears. Ha- and I'm with you. What I would think- the Tears, like Tears in the Sky? I mean... A hundred links drop in to Hyrule. <laughs> Whenever I see that Terrifying. shot, I just picture Terrifying? like... No. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, yeah, like I agree. I think Andrew scolded me on Twitter. I'm like, is it Tears like crying or tear like I tore that ass up? But I do think it's Tears. The more she was like, that's what it should have been called. Legend of Zelda, tear that ass up. Janet, thank you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so here's here's the thing. I'm pulling up my notes here. Okay. I got a whole pull pull up your notes, girl. I'm pulling them up. Okay. So I agree that it is likely Tears, and here are the reasons why. So Tears have played a role throughout the Zelda game, not in a major significant way, but if you look at Twilight Princess, where you have to collect the tears to dispel the twilight, that's one thing. It's in Spirit Tracks, where you get the tears to enhance I think it's their sword or something but if you look at Andrea my exhibits here well we're looking through trailer right now there is dropping in so if you tear through the tear through the tear, tearing through the sky it, it does look like Hyrule has been torn up though thus all of the floating things in the sky but I'm telling you they didn't say what it's called and also look at no stamina bar, stamina meter. I hope that that's maybe. No, I think that's just, just that the there's UI no out. HUD oh, in yeah. the trailer. <laughs> well, you just think he's made of titanium now. He doesn't. He, he doesn't need stamina I hate anymore. That damn thing. Okay, we can go to my. Really? Now. What do you? How do you feel about the brick wall weapons? I hate it. So do you? You in your dream world? You're in charge of Legend of Zelda. Tear that ass up. Is there? <laughs> 
Are there breakable weapons or is everything just great? <laughs> everything is just great. Nothing breaks. Like things. So don't... you got a stick and you can just take that stick forever? Yeah, but it's not going to do a lot of damage. I mean, granted, you can okay. defeat Ganon with a stick. That would be really cool. Like, I'm not going to stop anyone from living their best life doing that. But absolutely not. And there would be a buttload of dungeons and no stamina meter. Like, don't you're just being annoying at that point. Okay. It gives you something to aim for. You don't like feeling like you have something to aim for? I have something, enough, something out I have of, just enough out of actual reach. goals in my real life, Janet. I play video games to escape, okay? I want to feel invincible when I play games. Also, like, semi-unrelated, related. You know how the, the horses, like, a, you can have, like, that bone horse or whatever? Oh, that, yeah, like, yeah. It's, like, just a skeleton of a horse. And when I was at the State Fair, the Minnesota State Fair, with Min Max, they had, like, a picture of a skeleton of a horse. And I'm like, it's just like in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so exhibit number one. So okay. this is the called, I believe it's the Vessel of Light. Yeah. And so this is what Link collects in Twilight Princess. He collects the Tears of Light and he fills up his little meter. And on the left, you can see it's not full. On the right, it's full. So if you're watching at YouTube.com slash What's Good Games, Brittany has put together a Google Doc of <laughs> exhibits to go along yeah. with her it's dissection giving, It's giving class presentations. This, absolutely. But also, yes. like, I didn't want to do a Google Slides. So oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Oh, no, this was a copy Who's paste. Who's got time for that? Oh, no, yeah, this is Microsoft Paint job right here. Okay, cool. Scroll down. Here's the key art from the box, right? So you see Link. Now look on his right, by his right hip. You see that? Like little oh, yeah. glowy mm-hmm. thing right there? This thing. Yes, okay. this little green thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Now keep going down. Okay. Okay, now look right there. See? Ah. See, see? So if you look, so... <laughs> is he collecting tears? That's horrifying. <laughs> I think I think he is, though, and I'm gonna, we're going to get into that. But if you look right here in this photo, so this is a still from the trailer when he's about to jump off the cliff for some reason. He has four little, they look like little vessels that are full of these neon greeny... Little potion vials. Potion vials, right. And so there's four there, and it looks like he can put in four more. So we're assuming he's maybe like halfway collected his tears here, because apparently bitches be crying all over. High roll. All right, keep going down. Okay, and then <laughs> bitches here. be crying all over high roll. So this, I don't know about y'all, but to me this looks like a tear. And this is from one of the, I think it's the first. That's a big tear. It's a big tear from the first trailer. And this is when Link is. I don't know. He's like stepping into this little portal. He turns into a teardrop and then he goes like he ascends to the next level of Hyrule. So he's turning into a teardrop. Okay, tears. Great. Cool. Okay, right here. This is a, from the very beginning of the latest trailer. Look at those little, little things, little apostrophe looking bitches above whatever the heck that is in the middle. There yeah. are seven of those. Could they be classified as tears? I don't know. Look like it could be, could be tears to me. They're definitely like apostrophes. Okay, well, Andrea, <laughs> come on. Use your artistic mind, baby girl. Like, they look at nines also, right? Okay. The number nine. So here's, but here's my theory. Like the movie nine. Is there seven? Seven? That's a connection. <laughs> Damn it, y'all. <laughs> so here's the seven tiers. My hope is that that means there are seven dungeons. That was some feedback yeah. that a lot of us had as fans was we mm. want our dungeons back. So kind of like the sages from Ocarina of Time. Maybe these are the tiers of whoever the hell. Sage is great. Okay, scroll down to the next exhibit. Okay. This is an amber relic. A nine. <laughs> backwards. It's definitely the same nine. Tear that ass up nine, Legend of Zelda. What is this from? This is from Skyward Sword. And okay. these are amber relics that you can collect. Now, I don't believe this theory, but I wanted to throw this in here because some people are like, yo, that looks just like those little tear things above. I think it's just a coincidence, but these are collectibles that you get that you can Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not a coincidence that but these, these are the but two But those didn't really have right? any major... That's what I was going to ask. What is the significance of these well, amber relics? Well, you use relics? them and I believe you, you upgrade your gear with them or something. And the description of it says no one knows where they came from. 
So unless amber relics mm-hmm. turn out to be tears, there's also dusk relics in this game, which look just like this, but they're purple. Mm. So mm, I don't know. Okay, next one. That looks like Zelda very much to me. I think it's yes. supposed to be it's definitely Zelda, Zelda right? Yeah. right? Right, right, right. Okay, now she's like holding hands with someone. Go down. Okay. Or a girl pretending not to be Zelda. She, she, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then here's your main splash screen, right? Now, if you look on the left, that so this is a zoom out of Zelda from above. Oh, we got the we got the nines up here so again. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Can you go back up again one more? Okay, if you look above her, it's kind of dark to see, but there are yeah. two air quote tears above her, which look like then sun rays coming out from that, right? And then yes. when you scroll down, she is holding hands with whatever the hell that big thing was in the very first picture with the seven tears above her head. This Right thing. there. That's her. That's that. Oh, so you think her hand is over here? Yeah, that is. Well, I mean, it's a different glyph, but it's the same woman that she, or oh, man or whatever, hmm. that she's... Like, this is some really deep internet sleuthing you've and done. And this isn't even deep compared to what some people are doing. Okay, then keep going down. And okay. then here is, so the splash screens on the left, you have these neon like Ouroboros things. Those very much, okay, this is from Tristan A. Cooper on Twitter. Those statues on the right come from Zonai, which is... And this statue is from the... Breath of the Wild. Breath of the, the original Breath of the Wild. Yes. Okay. The original Breath of the Wild. And so the Zonai are explained as this ancient warlike tribe that existed in Hyrule very, very long time ago. So the thought is, Tears of the Kingdom, why wouldn't you call this Tears of Hyrule? Could Tears of the Kingdom be Tears of the Zonai tribe, the Zonai world? Because that Ouroboros splash screen, those little green guys, match that. And so there's been a lot of thoughts because the Zonai also worked on the labyrinths in Breath of the Wild. They created all this stuff. So I think there's going to be some big ass tie-in. Wow. And we haven't even gotten to the RGG stuff yet. No, this is intense. This is fun. I love this sort of stuff. And there's also a part in the beginning, in the very first trailer that we saw, where the music kind of reverses a little bit, which makes me wonder. It's when he turns into that tear and he like goes up that tear picture I showed. Makes me wonder if there's going to be some sort of time travel going on where he goes back to mm. the time of the Zonai tribe. Maybe. And because there's different links we see. We see links with his long hair looking all, you know, like ancient and shit. And then we have Link in the modern day looking like he usually does. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised time if there's like some time travel stuff going on. Also, it's called Tears of the Kingdom. And historically, if you look at the Zelda titles, the titles always have something to do with like the main core of the gameplay. So that's where I'm at with that right now. But this is actually a pretty like surface level like dive in compared to what some people are doing out there. So if you're into that, there's so many fun theories out there. Well, well, well. <laughs> I've been bottling that in. This is I appreciate your this, week, Brittany. Because I looked at this and I'm like, I'm going to let the internet does what it does to be like, <laughs> here are 87 things that you missed in this 30 second trailer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. And then that picture of Zelda and whatever the heck that big monstrosity thing sure. is holding like hands with the two tiers above it. I'm wondering if the final tier is going to be like a combination from that thing and Zelda's at the very end and that's going to be the final tier that unlocks something big. So I have a question for you, Brittany. As somebody who clearly got enthused and excited about dissecting the narrative. I was aroused, yes. In Tears of the Kingdom. I'm trying to grapple with your excitement even though you never finished the original game. Oh, I did. 
But it took you how long to finish, I finish it? it either. Yeah, it took me a long. You beat it before I did. Absolutely. I did. So I feel to me, I felt like you table. didn't. <laughs> no. I felt like you didn't care really about the narrative in the game because obviously we talked about how it wasn't sucks. your favorite Zelda. Mm-hmm. You obviously have other Zeldas that you're passionate about, and so I'm like, I love to see this energy and fire from you. So what changed? Uh, hope. <laughs> Blind. That's hope. a great reason. It's okay to hope. <laughs> no, you know, honestly, this is what we do as Zelda fans. And you I mean, you hear me do this with Pokemon too all the time is we always, no matter how air quote disappointed we might be, we're always looking forward to the next mm-hmm. one because we're suckers. And you're not suckers, you're passionate fans. And suckers, but yes, passionate fans too. <laughs> yeah, and so you know what I think it is, is I, I'll say what I've always said. I think Breath of the Wild was a wonderful video game. Obviously, we all know how well it was received, but it wasn't my favorite Zelda game for some of the reasons I've talked about. Lack of dungeons, I thought the story kind of fell flat. I thought what they did with Age of Calamity with the Hyrule Warriors game really expanded on the lore of Breath of the Wild and got me even more excited because some of the stuff that happens in that game, you're like, oh, that really changes a lot. So I think that really helped. Yeah, so I think I'm just I'm just hopeful that the next game, which is Tears, Tears of the Kingdom, will kind of scratch all those itches. I want that big world. I want those dungeons back. I don't want breakable weapons. I don't want a stamina meter, but we'll see what happens. And it's just the unknown. Were the beasts yep. not dungeony enough? Because that's the thing. Was it just like not hard enough they to get to the beasts? The they all look the same. Like I walked in some, into some of those and I'm still actually only like halfway, quote unquote, done with the game. I played 80 hours and I just didn't finish it. So I'm like, I probably will pick up my save because the idea of putting another 80 hours from scratch to then do another 80 hours to finish it. You know, the best part probably of that much. game hard pass. was yeah, Hyrule Castle when I spent probably three hours in that thing. Like going through the cells, going through all the rooms of that. That to me is what I want from a Zelda dungeon going forward. I liked getting my cute clothes in the game. You see, that was there my you highlight. Go. The treasure hunts, like all yeah, that like was there was so there was a lot yeah. to do. But I do, I am amused by like the. And I wouldn't say it's a split because I think there are plenty of like hardcore Zelda fans that did love Breath of the Wild and mm. maybe did have it as their favorite. But there was that like that commentary from the hardcore community of like the dungeons and the big debate on the breakable weapons. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the breakable weapons. What is your current number one Zelda game? Yeah. Oh, green of time. Okay. Yeah. If there's breakable weapons in this, do you think that automatically disqualifies it from being a favorite Zelda game? No. Okay. I don't think so. All right. Yeah. I, I will be so. curious to see. Why wouldn't they out. have the same weapon system? I don't know. Why would they overhaul that? I don't know. It's right. the same like world, isn't it? Like the same engine that they made Supposedly. for Breath of the Wild. I mean, they yeah, can do yeah. whatever though. Like I don't know. I That's mean, fair. Or they, they could have. Do or they could do like a mechanical loophole where it's like maybe there's a way where you can try to avoid the breakableness of certain weapons or something through like some additional buff or yeah. some like line you can take. Well, Animal Crossing teased me with that by with the golden weapons. Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, these things can't break except they technically can if you use them a lot. And it's like, yeah. oh yeah. So that's not, that's yeah. not a gold weapon. You just no. painted a shovel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, I, I, what are you selling here? With this? I get why mm-hmm. they did breakable weapons because there's so many different kinds of weapons in that game. And so it makes it so you don't have a Skyrim-esque inventory yeah. of 500 weapons that you're consistently like bashing through i did feel the pain though of like you find that one that you like and you're like well i don't even want to use it because then it's just going right once yeah. i got the master sword then i felt better because that lasted longer but and it then, takes a while to get the master right, sword and that's yeah. It. yeah 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 so it just take a while <sighs> we'll see what happens i'm very excited to see what happens also where is zelda we oh, it's, it's fine there was a lot of other news that happened in the <laughs> Nintendo Direct, but we're not going to go through all of it. I do want to hear, Brittany, if you were even mildly excited about 
the Fire Emblem trailer oh. that kicked everything off. Oh, I squealed like a little bitch. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited for Fire Emblem. Amazing. Um, yeah, so here's what we know about Fire Emblem. Jenna, are you a Fire Emblem fan? No, not yet. But okay. I'm ready to become one. Because okay, everyone good. says the games are fire. And yeah. I'm like, I need to check this out. Three but it's like, is- when do I have my entire lifetime yeah. to give to this game. Yeah. That's the dicey part. That's hard. No, no, no. Three Houses is really good if you want to dive in. It's one of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Fire Emblem Engage. Engage these nuts is what I want to say. So thank you to Rebecca Valentine for this little article she wrote up. But okay, so Engage will focus on a new protagonist, Alier, who is known as a divine dragon and is a member of a royal family that was once revered as deities. But he's, I think you can play as male or female, been asleep for 1,000 years when he awakes at the start of the game. So what's interesting is that engaged characters appear to be paired in some spiritual way with past Fire Emblem characters. So we see Alier paired with Marth, for example, which is kind of interesting. Like, how are they, we need Alexa here, but like, how are they going to bring back all those different Fire Emblem characters? Who could say? So that's pretty much all we really know. We got to see some snippets from the gameplay trailer. There's town building, relationship elements, because of course there is. It's a Fire Emblem game coming out January 20th, 2023. This game did leak a while ago, and I don't know if y'all saw it, but it looked like the striped crest toothpaste, I think it is, where you got the blue and the red (laughs) going on. And the man's hair, it's like kind of obnoxious, whatever. But then you look at the woman's hair, and it's just like this big, like bright-ass bushy hair that like goes down to the floor, and it's bright red and bright blue, and looks a little distracting. But no, I'm excited to see more. I mean, it comes out soon, so clearly... January. Yeah, we're going to be getting more of it. Just a couple months away. Fire Emblem Three Hopes really re-engaged my love for that series, so definitely excited to see more. They also announced It Takes Two is coming to Nintendo Switch, so if you missed that last year and you want to play it, you can do that on Switch. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is getting an expansion. Another one, I think. This is like the second one, right? It's their second one, yeah. yeah. They have a battle... Expansion yeah. Pass, I think, is that's the That's what it is. is the yeah, exact and it's name. just the second shtick that's finally being unlocked. They confirmed some more stuff coming for Splatoon 3, which is currently yes. out. And then a bunch of other things, including Story of Seasons of Wonderful Life. Oh, let's go farming. Like, this week and this was, was one the of week the good ones. Is the thing. Because that's the thing with Story. Like, when I saw this, I wasn't. Like, I have not played Story of Seasons, but I know that, you know, the whole split of yeah. like Harvest Moon team, that's not Story of Seasons. But I have heard, like, in the modern era that. Kind of each of those franchises has teetered a bit, but it seems like I saw a lot of people on my timeline being like, this was the game that like transcended my life when I was like, I'm like, okay, so this is one of the fire ones from like earlier days. Yeah. So this is interesting because I don't think I ever played this Harvest Moon back in the day. It came out in like 2003. I don't know what I was doing with my life. I was in high school. It was a weird time. But yeah, what's interesting about this is this is another game that is now getting the Story of Seasons label slapped onto it, but it was really fun. We got great cast in that game they that franchise in general cows. oh yeah, yeah yeah some of the best cows in the gaming strawberry cows are so strawberry. cute yes that's the one so yeah this is a full remake of harvest yeah Moon. no it was pioneers of olive town that's the new one but they read friends of mineral town that's it yeah the story of seasons friends of mineral totally town different was the remake <laughs> how could you even mix them up come on, yeah, come Andrea. on. i mean listen i'm just looking at the wikipedia it's article, like night okay? and later that night like come so on interesting <laughs> it about really this is <laughs> Is you have a wonderful life, which you could only play as a male. And then a couple right. of years later, you had another wonderful life that came out where you could actually play as a female. And in this one, you can play as male, female, or non-binary, which is an awesome. Progress. Uh, there we go. You love to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what's cool about this one is that you can actually age in it. And Oh, yeah. That, it got is that existential. Cool, I was okay like, with that? <laughs> do you die of old age in the no, game? I don't know. because I never played this one, and I can't believe it. If I you go hard in this game, it's like, I'm 507 years old now. <laughs> like, you're just reaching more. Mortality. 
I love it. We also got, I have a few more farm games written down, Andrea. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Fae Go for Farm. It. Yeah, so which, this is new from the folks that made. Dauntless. Yes. What? Yeah, there you I go. I got you, girl. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah, so this is, I guess, like, you'll work to bring peace back to a troubled land. You'll kick back and leisurely explore various environments, collect resources, and build homesteads. Sounds pretty cut and dry. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is they see, oh, farming sim, they're all the same. And it's like, but they're not. I'm playing Harvest Stella right now with the demo that came out. And on the surface, yeah, it looks all the same. Like, you have crops, you have characters you have to build relationships with, upgrade your tools, upgrade your house, blah, blah, blah. But each game goes at a different pace, and each game has its own personality. Yeah. It's like saying all battle royales are the same. Exactly. Yeah. It's not true. So open your mind. Don't be so ignorant, you bastards. <laughs> yeah. There was also new Octopath. Octopath Traveler 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. That looks great. These are cranking out fast. Yes. Yeah. Very fast. Rune Factory 3 is coming to Switch. And then they confirmed that a new Rune Factory series is in development. And then Harvestella got a new look and they got a demo. Like, it's a good time to harvest some crops. There was also Pikmin 4, which I <laughs> thought was huge. a really interesting... Because Pikmin 3 was not that big of a game. And Pikmin, as far as the Nintendo stable of first-party IPs goes, is kind of at the bottom of the barrel Mm. in popularity. But I think it's cute that they're bringing it back. They also talked about this AR game, which is very much in the vein of Pokemon Go, that is going to be coming as well. I thought Bloom was already out. Oh, is Bloom out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's out. Yeah, yeah. I don't keep up with all they the, just highlighted all the hot, it. But that's, hotness of the but that's AR games. No, but that, that was also the wild part because it. I just really went through all the stages of grief watching that segment because I was like, I'm like Miyamoto's here. Everyone shut up, even Mario. though I'm the only one talking. So yeah. I don't, you know, I'm yeah. just excited to see him. And then he's like, We have our movie coming out and Universal Studios, and I'm like, Cool. We gonna see anything for it? And it's like instead of showing you a photo or saying anything, that's all I'm gonna say. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah, that was. Weird. And he's like, Now the I want to talk tease. about Pikmin. Pikmin Bloom. And I was like, I know y'all are bringing Miyamoto just to talk about Pikmin Bloom. And that's no shade of Pikmin Bloom. I know people that play it and like, oh, they get the Pikmin different hats. And I'm like, cool. But I'm like, oh, there's, there's is this really the, what they brought Miyamoto out that for? That was the deepest dive we got during that entire oh, presentation. Yeah. And it was for Pikmin Bloom. Yeah. And then, and then finally, that's when Pikmin 4 appeared. And I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. You, 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 you weren't, you knew, you understood. Yeah, okay. Because I'm well. like, I know you didn't bring me a motor out here to tell me about Pigment Bloom. Like, yeah, yeah. That, I know that's not what you did. And then he had his new shirt on. He He's did. like, I have a new shirt. I was like, do you wardrobe change in the middle of this, this have. show? But yeah. It is pre-taped. But yeah. I mean, I got hot and bothered by Goldeneye coming back. Hey. I would really like an honest to God remake of that game. But I know that that's probably hoping for too much. But they announced a slew of N64 games yep. finally coming to Switch. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us were hoping that this was going to happen. I think a lot of us assumed that they were going to be making an N64 Classic Edition. Like yeah. we got the little mini NES and the mini N60 or uh, Super NES. I was like, where's the mini N64? Like, mm-hmm. why yeah. is that not a thing? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, chip shortage. Uh, so we're not making any of those at least not yet what I'm excited about for Goldeneye is I've only played that game very casually with an ex-boyfriend well let me change your mind about how great that game is okay and with the air quote here online play air quote air quote air quote why are you on on Nintendo Switch because the Nintendo Switch is the only console where you can actually play online with someone you can't do it on the Xbox that's true because I think and I saw someone try to explain it but when you're playing it on Switch you're essentially streaming it and then you can invite someone to come join you which is why you can play it with someone else but that's it so I don't really know I guess technically it is online but did they confirm if there's local multiplayer? Because that's all we did back in the day is local multiplayer. Um, they didn't so. technically say so, but it's pretty like heavily assumed. I think yeah. it's safe to assume. It'd be so weird if it wasn't. Yeah, I, I think they would have addressed that by now if 
that was the case, but yeah. yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited to bust that cherry open. I'm uh, <laughs> that was very that was quite the word picture, but um, I was just excited to see them really come out with the heavy hitters for Nintendo Switch Online. I think. Mm-hmm. Certainly, there's been a lot of criticism about the cadence in which they put out games and also the, the quality of the game. Sometimes they are like these nostalgic hits. And then sometimes it's like Zaboomafu 57 is coming to Nintendo Switch. And I'm like, what is this? And then someone on Twitter is like, OK, so a lot of you guys don't know about this game, but actually it was really good on Twitter. Yeah, it was actually really good. I played like 87 hours when I was eight years old. And I if you haven't if you haven't. If you haven't downloaded it, you should. And I'm okay. Wait, is this a real game? No one knows. No, I hope not. <laughs> I'm like, no one knows what you're talking about, old man. Okay. But here, I'm like, as soon as they said N64, I'm like, please bring the banger games. And even though I'm not a GoldenEye person, I, you know, recognize that's that's a hit. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was it. A, is a 1080 snowboarding, right? Um, so it's Pilot Wing 64, Mario Party, Mario Party 2, 3, Pokemon, Pokemon 1, Stadium 1, 2, 2 10, 1080 snowboarding, next side by 64. Yeah. So we're getting Mario Party this year, GoldenEye coming soon, and then I think the other one. How do you guys feel about getting like Mario Party after getting Mario Party Superstars, where it's like that kind of remake of those old games? <laughs> Does that kind of dampen the excitement? Or is I mean, I'm not excited. Uh, to me, it's just added value. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're not getting this for those games, but if you have a Nintendo Online subscription, it's, you know, a good thing that you can just pull up while you're trying to have fun with some. Yeah. You know, I'm really damage. excited for Pokemon Stadium 2 because I have never played it. I only mm. played one. And also, for one, I'm always playing the mini games. Like, I still have my N64 set up on my main TV. And when I'm like, feels some type yeah. of way, I'm like, I want Joy right now. <laughs> who's who's queuing up with these mini games? And I'm like, thank God I can play these on a controller where the joystick isn't like meltedly stiff into the controller because all of mine are old they're not like my original hardware Mm -hmm. and whoever like used game store i got it from i'm like clearly this owner did not take care of this device but also it didn't age like right that well from a hardware standpoint so yeah man the ecans toss the magikarp jump the licky tongue sushi store i'm ready to do it i know exactly everything you're referring to 100 percent. yeah it's time to unlock the magic of pokemon stadium Okay. Unlock the you'll magic like of Magikarp. Yes. Kids Club. You'll have fun, I promise. And you are wearing this wonderful Magikarp shirt today. I am, thanks. It is all my Magikarp friends. I should have brought my little floppy Magikarp out here. Oh, it needs to be a new bit. Yeah. You just turn them on. Just flops around every once in a while. Throw the floppy Magikarp yeah. on, the, on the desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's not all, everybody. There was still more. Can you believe it? In this Nintendo Direct, we got another look at Bayonetta 3, which I'm very excited about. It's coming out next month on October 28th. Mm-hmm. So that looks great. We also found out that golf is finally coming to Nintendo Switch Sports, but it's not as when they said it's now coming holiday 2022. I still don't know why it's taking them so long to put golf into switch sports but eh. yeah it's taking them a while they want to get it right and then brit resident evil hey. coming to the switch yep via cloud, cloud baby so it's resident evil village two three remake and then seven and there you go you gotta play those babies on cloud cool is that my recommended way of playing them absolutely not but if all you have is a switch do it but the life is strange arcadia bay collection excellent place mm-hmm. to play there you go, yeah. that's a good couch game but there's so many more things. I just feel like I can't go over yeah, all of this. Yeah, I mean, there's Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which is coming to Switch. It looks cute. And yeah, that was cool, yeah. Viva la Kirby. Great. Yeah, there's a lot. Kirby's carrying Nintendo this year at this point. Oh, yeah. Sifu's coming to Switch. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. That thing looked real rough. Like, the the jagged edges, the frames. Like, oh, shattered jagged edges. Yeah, like which is like... <laughs> exactly. But yeah, definitely still a pain point of the Switch, I think, as time goes on. Yeah. The gap mm-hmm. of... Even like the Resident Evil thing, like... 
as soon as that dropped, it's like, okay, it's probably gonna be Cloud, and then it was. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, there was like a, a bunch of stuff. That weird game id oh, looks dude, really that cool. Looks good. I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently it's like an RPG maker game. Like Sarah Prezorsky oh, on MinMax was like oh, putting me on that. I didn't know that. Yeah, like when she saw this, like I, I wasn't there for the reaction stream like on MinMax, but apparently she was like, Oh my god, is this id? And like knew all these details about it. So like she's I'm gonna hit, hit up Sarah. Twitter. If yeah, if yeah, she's yeah, she's the guy on Twitter. <laughs> oh no. Sarah, I would never say that about you willingly. You're absolutely better than random white dude, old white dude on Twitter talking about actually this is what well, it looked good though. It actually did look good. It did, like it's so it's creepy and weird. It looks creepy. So it's a 2D exploration game and you go to an art museum and then of course Ib, I think is her is her name. Is that how I don't know. Mm. This character goes to the back of like the art gallery and there's a creepy ass picture there and then it's a horror game and things go bad very quickly. Spring 2023 is when it's coming out. It kind of reminds me of that one game. Oh, you won't remember what I'm talking about. Never mind. Move on. What is it? I gotta know. <laughs> okay, kind of reminds me of that one game. Just it kidding. was like it was like creepy game I played on 3ds. Like the in 2017. I want to know it so bad just to be like, see, no, <laughs> what it, is it? Was, it was a horror game that takes place in a school. Ah, um, uh, damn. No, no, I'm not gonna have it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to no. figure out what it is. Okay, I'll you yeah, you yeah, look yeah. for it because I want to wrap up talking about Nintendo because there's still so much more to go. <sighs> Any final thoughts before Corpse we? Corpse party. Oh, oh, I, oh that I remember that familiar. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Corpse party. That was a weird game. That was so funny. Because at surface level, it looks like it's not as creepy and dark as it actually oh, was. It's fu- in so many ways, so wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, this was a really good direct. I obviously, this really catered to my interest. All the farming games, Octopath 2, the new Zelda look. Bayonetta obviously looks great. So this was really great for me. It was a lot of... It was a banger. It It was literally banger. Arguably one of the best directs we've had in years. Good job, Nintendo. You did it. You did the thing. For me, I was like a little bit not as excited about it. Yeah. Like, I think... I think it's just that, like, I think the hottest thing was that Breath of the Wild release date, which is a big deal. Yeah. But it is, like, a big deal thing of, like, a pretty known quantity of, like, what we've seen before. Mm. And, yeah, I think for me... So, May 2023, by the way. I would have... And it's also, like, kind of far away. I mean, I get it, but also, like, you know... I think if it was just a little bit shorter with those same highlights, it would have elevated a bit. And even though I like farming games as well, like I'm down for that genre. But in general, I'm not a big fan of when a showcase feels too like packed with a certain genre. Mm. Like we ran to that with, I'm forgetting what showcase it was. Was it maybe uh, Keeley's? Game. Opening Night Live? Yes, Opening Night Live, where it was like all space games. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. same deal. He started that with Summer Game Fest. That was like the space yes. games, and then he continued it with Opening Night yeah, Live. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my only beef. But one thing I want to touch on briefly before we move yeah. on is the Splatoon 3 Splatfest, which I'm forgetting the exact three names of the choices. It's like Grub, Fun, or Gear. Like, what do you bring to Desert Island? So one, are you guys Splatoon fans? And then two, what would you choose I enjoy team. my time with Splatoon. To call me a fan might be a bit of an overstatement. Yeah, you know, I, I just, like it though. Mm. I think it's a really fun, unique, innovative game. I have. A, I just only got so much time. I mean, that's, that's where I'm at too. Is I I have a code in my inbox, and I want to hop into the single player shenanigans. Oh, the single player is really good. That, and that's what I've heard because all I've ever played, and this was at PAX for the very first one, I think is what I played, or was it mm-hmm. three, one or the other, was the multiplayer stuff. Okay. And I'm just not a huge like multiplayer person. No, it's totally so. fair. I do think the campaign is really fun, especially in three, but. You know, even though you guys won't be splatting up for real, if you had to choose, <laughs> we won't be splatting three. up for real. Yeah. Uh, gear, grub, or fun? What do you bring to Desert Island? Where would you align yourself? Grub, for sure. Really? Okay. I don't want to have to search for my food. I can find... How much grub can you realistically I can find, bring, though? I can find fun anywhere. How much do you think you're going to be able to pack realistically? A month's worth tops? That food's going to go bad. But, like, okay, so that'll that'll keep me going for a month while I figure out what I can eat on the island. Where your next move is. Okay. You know, I, I feel like... The sh- 
it's a logical choice to pick grub because I mean like you know you can't feed yourself off of fun okay well, I feel like I'd go gear I think is the most logical because you can well, use gear the gear help you. to help you get the grub but I might go rogue and go fun for the actual team. You're like I'm gonna die anyway on this island. Well, it's like you're <laughs> telling you're telling me if I brought a pack of Uno cards, you wouldn't be fucking thrilled to like play that. You know, as as Ooh, one of our well, core entertainment we team up though. Like I'll bring the grub, you bring the fun. <laughs> Britt brings the gear. more grub. <laughs> I'll bring more grub. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, like I wanna like lightly applaud. I guess I'll just fully applaud, right? I I thought it was a really creative like angle for like a big thing for Splatoon 3 is there's not three choices and like they do oh, three teams yeah, for yeah. these Splatfests and I'm, I was thinking like what kind of stuff can they do like they did rock paper scissors for the test launch which is so smart and I think this was like a good use like mm-hmm. I'm sure at one point they'll whip out like something whack like last game where they had socks versus sweaters when have I ever been comparing those two things Dang, never what I want socks or sweaters yeah I've today. never been like should I put on a sweater or put on some socks like are you gonna go out buck ass naked and naked I have weather I would go I'm like, sweater, is a cultural gap is yeah. there like a place in the world where that's a conversation point I don't know you can't we're both you can't have socks and sweaters no no idea, but I thought it was it was a good first oh, Splatfest. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, before we move on, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. of What's Good Games is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like leaving your keys in your car while you run into the gas station for a snack. Now, most of the time, you're probably going to be fine. But what if you come back to see someone driving off with your car? Well, don't leave yourself exposed online. Keep your car, everybody. Get ExpressVPN. Now, every time you connect to an unencrypted network, whether it's at a cafe, a hotel, airports, you name it, any hacker on that same network can gain access to your personal data, like passwords, your financial details, pretty much anything you're sending across the web. Now, and it doesn't take much technical know-how to hack someone. Just some cheap hardware is needed these days. And let's face it, even a smart 12-year-old could probably get it done. Now, hackers can also profit off your personal data, which is obviously why they do it in the first place, right? And some can even make up to $1,000 per person selling personal info on the dark web. So when you see those news stories about millions of people getting their data hacked, now you know how much money they're truly making. Now, I like using my ExpressVPN when I'm out and about on public Wi-Fi because their technology creates an encrypted tunnel between my device and the internet. So it protects my sensitive data. And so it's easy to connect to free Wi-Fi, right? We're out at you know, a coffee shop or in hotels or maybe we're at a convention and you just like, you know, pop on the Wi-Fi that's available and boom, thieves are there just waiting to strike. Now, I can't have schmucks on the web finding out how much I'm searching for boho baby decorations, right? So I like to use my ExpressVPN whenever possible. And I don't like complicated software. I need stuff to be easy. So all you have to do is fire up the app, hit the connected button, and boom, you're protected. And it works on all devices like phones, laptops, tablets, and more. So you can stay secure on the go. If you want to secure your online data, do it today by visiting expressvpn.com slash what's good games that's expressvpn expressvpn.com slash what's good games and you can get an extra three months free when you sign up that's expressvpn.com slash what's good games so that they know we sent you 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're talking big video game news of the week. So, of course, Sony got in on the action with a new state of play. I had someone on Twitter point out that this was not a Sony showcase, which we have talked about before. Mm -hmm. This was a state of play. And Janet, you clearly are the Sony pony at the table as one of the (laughs) co-hosts of the PlayStation I Love You XOXO. Is that the official name? Yes, I love you. XOXO. Oh, I unabbreviated it. You can find that. Where can people find that show again? All your favorite podcast services and on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Wonderful. Look, you nailed it. I just recently posted a clip of (laughs) Of one Paris Lily not nailing it when we, oh my gosh. when we asked him about his competing ex cash show. <laughs> he was like, ah. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready, you know? Oh, oh, boom. I like it. So instead of me running down a, sh- a, sh- a synopsis, no, that's not the word. I like it. Uh, a synopsis of everything that happened, I want to start with asking you what was the thing from this state of play that you were like, boom, that's the announcement? Oh, the announce! Oh man, that's rough. It could it was- be your favorite <sighs> announcement or what you okay. thought was the biggest announcement. Uh, I think your the choice. biggest thing. I'll do a little bit of a, a little bit of B. I'm going to cheat. Okay. I think the biggest thing was still that God of War story trailer that we got at the end. Oh yes, I did actually pull that one. Up. Yeah, you know, actually, I'm going to go with that. Just I'm not even no, going to cheat. That's that is the, the right biggest choice. thing. That's probably the right choice. Yeah. we're talking game of the. And it was their like mm-hmm. one more thing, and they had the controller fake out. Oh yeah, like, I was like, there's no way they're just showing this cool controller. Granted, I well, <laughs> they did that to us at uh, opening night live, where Jeff was like, Sony's got a big announcement, and yeah. then they were like, Pro controller. Well, that was, was at like, least no, the Pro controller controller but it yeah big I'm announcement not a fan a little. Of the controller no yeah. i feel like i well maybe i'd like to see a close-up i'd like them to do a little bit more and get a little more creative with it which mm-hmm. granted maybe that's a restriction of like when you're mass producing something there's obviously limitations yeah but i feel like so often like those custom controllers for like game specific stuff it's like color and icon mm-hmm. like i could see that being like oh it's red and then you put the spider-man logo in the middle like uh-huh. i feel like it could be any yeah. you can kind of swap out that design Fair. So I would want like maybe like I don't know runes like on the controller like okay. like really small which maybe they did do I didn't look at a close up of it. Some, yeah, you're right. I've seen some really cool controllers. I think if the gear the latest Gears controller was really yeah. good before the one on Xbox. Really, yeah. Really cool. yeah, I'd like to see something that feels like I can't kind of swap out stuff easily and make it a new mm-hmm. IP. Fair yeah. Enough. Okay. So this God of War Ragnarok trailer. I feel like this was it's sexy. a reminder that, like, in case you forgot, this game's going to be probably Crazy. a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I think especially because there's been, I wouldn't say a lot of discourse around God of War in a negative way, but there has been, like, an anticipation that has turned to light doubt. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen from some spaces on the internet where people are like, oh, I don't know. I mean, is it going to feel different enough? Is it going to be as good as 2018? Maybe I'm, you know, a different person now and it's not going to hit the same way. Like, I've seen everything about this. I think the weight around the release date also weighed very heavily on the hype of this game for some people, not everyone. And I feel like this was like Sony Santa Monica being like, in case you forgot. We made the best game of the last 10 years. This is about to be 
another another banger game. So I think it definitely lends itself to excitement. I think too, you know, we talked about this a bit earlier today when I recorded Min Max, but like Ben had pointed out the enemy variety, like them kind of really highlighting that because that definitely was a concern in the community on like, mm-hmm. is that let's think of what are the weakest parts of God of War 2018 and will they kind of improve and iterate on that? But yeah, I mean, it looks beautiful. hairs, right? Like what's the weakest parts of that? Exactly. The weakest part of a masterpiece game. But yeah, it looked fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to play this game. I don't know anyone that saw this and wasn't made to be a little more excited for this game, which is a mark of a great trailer. On online. I think I'm at the point officially where I don't want to know anymore about God of War. That too. You know, I saw this trailer. I got really excited. I'm really really anxious to see how the relationship between Kratos and Atreus has evolved. There's a lot of interaction in this trailer, but there's one in particular where essentially Atreus is like, you gotta trust me. And Kratos is like, what have I been doing? I have been trusting you. And you know, that's hard for thick-headed Kratos. But I'm at the point, though, I don't want to read any analysis on this. I don't want to look too much into it. I don't want to do any of that because, my God, like, I just want to go into this knowing as little as possible. It just looks so good. Yeah. There's, like, a real, like, whimsy and mysticism to it. Like, I think... If there's one thing I want to characterize God of War as, oh, and I and is yes, it's the awe-inspiring nature of God of mm-hmm. War. I think is one of the biggest appeal points of this reboot of the franchise. Where well, the originals also nailed that yeah. too. Oh yeah, and I think that that's something I think people forget when you go back and look at some of the older God of Wars. Like Sony Santa Monica at the studio has really kind of made that their calling card, and what they accomplished by revamping it in the reboot brought it to a bigger audience and reminded people, hey, we stand alone and we make games like this. And I really wish more consumers understood the sheer amount of work it takes to like execute that scale in a game. Yeah. A I mean, work goes people, we talked about this thing. earlier and we talked about could anybody step to Elden Ring for game of the year? Mm-hmm. And we all said this was the yes, game yeah. that could step to them for a game of the year. And this trailer got me so high. Yep. And I think that, like, I think this would probably end up being my game of the year, like, when it's all mm-hmm. said and done. Right now, mine's Horizon, because it's like, it can't be Elden Ring, because I'm not good enough to get good enough to care about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I spent my time, and I'm like, I'm going to leave. I just don't want to do the work today. So it's going to be, like, I think that split of, like, there's people that were really into it, that played it, that understand how to get through a game that's of that genre. And then there's, like, anyone else. It's, like, it's Elden Ring, or it's, like, that other thing. And it's, like, yeah. who's going to take that second chair right now? I think it probably will be God of War. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Isn't that wild to think that we are in such an amazing year of video games and 2023 is even going to blow 2022 out of the water that God of War Ragnarok could be the runner up? Yes, that's a great way to put it. I never thought of it that way. That really is a testament to what's coming out in the space right now. Wow. Because that was the same year, the first God of War that Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. And, and they beat Red Dead Redemption 2. Like they dethroned Rockstar. It'd be like pushing Naughty Dog aside yeah. for for a win in in most of the categories. So I think this was super exciting to see. I'm like you, Brett, like I kind of don't want to see anymore. I want to have that player discovery. And Mm -hmm. traditionally, you know, PlayStation has invited us in the past to go play these games in advance. And I remember for the original God of War 2018, they only did one preview event. And they showed us a decent chunk of it. And I was glad to have seen it at the time because with the reboot, I think a lot of press was like, we don't know if this is going to be good. Like, we don't know if it's going to live up to its legacy, if it could come out of the shadow of all the problems with the original games. And clearly, like, it's a masterpiece of, of video game making, which we've talked about. So now it's like, well... Do we need to see more from this game? I kind of don't want to no. see anything else. 
yeah we don't need to see it's like a weird mix like i don't really care to see more from like a player standpoint Mm -hmm. and i think i think also it's a little unique to media like we know we're gonna most likely like get to maybe play it early stuff like that so it's like okay gearing up to do the job which is also to play the game which you would have done even if you didn't have the job so it's a weird space to be in yeah i'm glad that they did show it in the sense that people have been asking for a little bit more and i think the bit that they had shown before didn't really like i think this trailer is just so far above like the things they have shown before because a lot of what we saw prior to this did feel like well okay it's gonna be more god of war but mm, you know it didn't it wasn't really as exciting and i think this trailer provide that excitement i think the only way it could have been beefed up i would have loved to see this trailer and then the date we got the date of course earlier in the blog post but it would have been such a good pairing but like i get kind of why those end up being separated you know marketing reasons i'm sure but like that would have been like such a mind-blowing moment like at a state of play like if anything else like that would have been so cool but the trailer's still really nice oh i'm so excited yeah that's yeah. november 9th this year by the way so Ooh. yeah set the set the calendars it's coming up ah. um so there was of course a couple other things that happened during the state of play and just kind of scrolling through this uh britney it looks like uh there was some uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of the beginning of the Yakuza Palooza that oh, happened this week. Yeah. It happened. I screamed and I shed a few tears. So, yeah. Tears of the Kingdom? Ishin. Oh. Oh, oh, Tears of the Kingdom. I, I, I didn't there. follow what you said. And then I was so, like, on my own track here. Yes. <laughs> I understand. It's okay. Thank you. Yeah, Yakuza Ishin. So, the fact that this game is coming west is just a testament to how far this entire series has come. And I am just so freaking excited okay so we're not calling it yakuza anymore ladies and gentlemen we're calling it like a dragon okay in japan ryuga gotoku has always meant like a dragon and that's the name of the studio that makes these games but it's always been called like a dragon series in japan so it's just like a new branding thing so just get used to it i'm gonna slip up take a shot every time i do it It happens oh take a shot every time you slip up every time i slip up Okay, that's intense. We're all going to get fucked up. All right, anyway, so this is a spinoff of the Yakuza, and I can call it that because that's what it is. Yakuza games that came out in 2014 in Japan, and it features all of the characters. Oh, there's my husband, daddy. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's he's wet. He's in a... Uh, what's his name again? Majima. Mm-hmm. A lot of Yakuza is just like, have a hot person, and then they take their shirt off. Like, oh, that's absolutely. a good Rippling in the rain. The franchise. Yep. Okay, so t- this is, and I quote from the PlayStation, blog an action adventure historical thriller set uniquely in 1860s kyo a fictionalized version of kyoto while other games tell earlier stories in japanese history ishin lets you experience the story of how the iconic samurai era vanished our hero sakamoto ryoma is a true historical figure largely credited with overthrowing the shogunate and taking japan into radical reformation so in this case kyo is sakamoto ryoma and what's really cool about this is that when this game originally came out the last Yakuza game was Yakuza 5. So we didn't have Zero and we didn't have Six yet and we didn't have Like a Dragon. So what they're doing though with this is they're including characters from Zero, Like a Dragon, and Six. So it's a complete remake. They're using the Unreal Engine 4, so they're not using their Dragon Engine, I think is what it was called. And they're just, they're doing it. Like the fact that this game is coming out... There was a time when folks didn't even know, because I wasn't a Yakuza fan at the time, but just from the research I've done, you know, when Yakuza 3 came out, there was lots of rumors, like, is this game ever going to come west? And a lot of folks were saying it wasn't. It wasn't until Lost Judgment that we got the simultaneous release worldwide for one of their titles. And now we're getting this, like, day and date 
This is like, as far as Yakuza games go, this is about as Japanese as it gets. This is part of this significant Japanese culture. There was always a fear that it wouldn't resonate with folks in the West, but now we're getting it because of the success of Like a Dragon. And so I just, it's just a really cool, cool thing that it's happening and I'm just thrilled for it. And so it's all of our favorite characters, but obviously now they're just kind of like put in these other roles with completely different names. (gasps) I'm happy for you. Thanks. I'm very happy for you. A bunch of other things happened in the state of play. I want to give a shout out mm. to Pacific Drive. Sure. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so this is a, quote, run-based first-person driving survival game. So as you explore the zone, which takes place in the Olympic Peninsula, which is a place I've gone to throughout my entire life. So, like, that's pretty cool. It's kind of creepy and woodsy. You know how I am with trees. Yes. They're your favorite. Yeah, yeah. So my understanding, Janet, you might know more about it than I do because it sounds like you're excited about it, is that you're in this car and your only way to escape is to go through the Olympic Peninsula and to get out of there. So it's kind of like a rogue light. They actually have a yeah. cover name for it, but I don't know. Like road light? Road light. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. No, but- I'm like, we've gone too far. Mm. Yeah, so I'm like, we have gone too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copywriting was Somebody's fired. Yeah, yeah. So you have to do your best to go out and scavenge for resources and make sure your car is like in tip-top shape and just keep exploring and I'm assuming eventually leave. But obviously it resonates with me because this takes place essentially in my backyard. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, for me, what really drew me to it was just the initial like trailer look. It was a fun tease and that it was so like moody and also yeah. really puts you in that space of being in the car like you got a really this like sounds so like arbitrary but a really like good look at the dashboard and it had like these kind of little gadgets and gizmos it was on it me, like ghostbusters vibes yeah a lot of my chat was like is this ghostbusters and then yeah, it's it's, it's weirdly spooky and very moody and i think also it's just kind of a unique idea i mean obviously driving games are not new but the idea of having a different twist in this idea of like how else can we use a car in the driving mechanic i was like this looks really cool and i think it's uh, the studio's debut game right mm-hmm. ironwood studios yeah and i always get a kick out of just whatever is new whether it's like a new entry in a franchise or a new studio yeah. dropping something i'm like let's see what this is about it's something fresh mm-hmm. let's check it out so yep. i'm excited to follow this yeah, well, i'm excited too that was probably my second. And then there's yeah. the um, Age of Ronin. Is that what it's called? Um, yeah, the Twenty Rise of the Ronin. Rise, Rise, Rise of from Teen Ninja. Yeah, yes. that looks real good. We're not getting that for a while. But hello. Like, I'm absolutely into that. Let's go. Combat focused open world action RPG in 19th century Japan. Say no more. Yeah. It feels to me like it's, it's going to take some vibes. Obviously, people are comparing Assassin's Creed, but it felt a little bit more like a combo of, I mean, I guess like not Sekiro because there wasn't really like a huge focus on stuff in that game and not Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, but I guess technically there you could play that really stealthy if you wanted to. You could. Yeah. Who did that? Though? And one time you had to and that mission was bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah being sneaky and going in guns blazing or swords blazing. Um, gosh, we have so much. There's so much to talk about because I, I haven't even talked about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Assassin's Creed <around. laughs> and Japanese Assassin's Creed's actually happening. Oh my god, Codename Red. Codename Red. Go. Oh, oh, I'm so I'm here for it. I I'm here for that. Give me that big fat Assassin's Creed open world RPG game for that setting. Yeah, Shinobi. Yep, mm. feudal oh. Japan. Oh. We're going to talk about that a little bit yeah. later on. But, I mean, I don't really want to dwell too much on some of these other announcements from the state of play unless one of you ladies are like, excuse me, can we talk about... No? no Excellent. That because we've got in. the Yakuza Palooza power hour. <laughs> okay, yes. here we go. <laughs> to, to get to, because as Brittany mentioned 
RGG had their own showcase oh, this yeah, week. And it was all about husbandos. Oh, it was so glorious. Yeah, unfortunately for me and everyone on the West Coast, Best Coast, happened at 3 a.m. Yikes. So that was rough. I said I was going to sleep through it, and I would just check the news in the morning. I woke up at 2.40, and I was like, oh, I'll go back to bed. Woke up at 3.30. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm up now. And the first image I was brought to was like a Dragon 8. And, and the image was of Kiru Kazuma with his silver ass hair and he looking like the number one host at Stardust. And I know there's a few of y'all who know I'm talking about. Okay, so here's the trailer right now. So what's really interesting about this is you have Ichiban walking through the iconic red gates of Kamurocho and he's like, cool, whatever. This part right now, it's all in Japanese, but essentially what people are saying like, hey, Ichiban, or like, nice to meet you, Ichiban, kind of, I guess, describing his beginnings. And then this other shadowy figure, Silhouette, joins him to the left, and then they start talking. And Ichiban says, sorry, no, it, it's Kiru who says, guess we don't have a choice. And then Ichiban says, all right, it's hero time, Kiru-san. And then it zooms in on their faces. What is happening with our man on the left? I mean, I have a lot of theories. I think he's probably undercover. He's probably coming back to take care of some some business here. And the quote was something along the lines of, you have Ichiban who has the weight of the future on his back, and you have Kiru who has the weight of the past on his back. People have a lot of opinions, ladies, about Kiru <laughs> coming back. because You don't Yakuza, say. Yakuza 6 was supposed to be his end. He was supposed to be written off, sort of. And then the torch was passed to Ichiban in like a dragon but now Kiru appears to be having a much larger role and personally I'm all here for it you know I love that cast of characters I think it's really important that we continue to include them while Ichiban can stand on his own I think bringing Kiru and a crew into Ichiban's storyline can do a lot of really interesting things so don't knock it till you play it that's all I'm gonna say that's not coming until 2024 so you might be thinking, but we've been getting an RGG game like every year, forever, was what it feels like. Never ye fear, because we have Ishin coming out, and then we also have <laughs> this Kingdom Hearts-ass title, which is called Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name. All right, let me make sure I oh, have Oh, that really was the, the full right name. One. When I saw it on YouTube, I was like, surely this is like editorialization of the game. it's the real name i so, think i'm coming in at the right time yep. for yakuza i feel like because i'm just now playing yakuza like a dragon as my first oh, okay. yakuza game i'm on chapter seven i think is the one about to start okay i'm loving it so far it's yay i feel like every part of that game is good which is so impressive and so in, like open world game with like side quests and stuff like the freaking rhythm game in the theater with the sheep like oh i'm here for so it good, though it's that's so a, good and that's the wackiness of those games so this is the other huge announcement we got which i did not see coming at all the man who erased his name so this is kiru he's at some sort of monastery also look at those sock physics look how they fold when they walk i'm mm-hmm. just saying that's pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> sock physics let's Thank go you. sock physics and toilet paper i'm easy to please so essentially he's here he's meditating and this takes place after yakuza 6 and it's going to follow him through from Yakuza 6 through Yakuza, sorry, like a Dragon 8. That's what we're calling it now. Because we never really knew what he got up to after 6. Like, that was supposed to be the end of his story. Uh, but now they've felt the need to tell us where he's been, what he's been up to. And they're going to tie it in with the 2024 title. And this is just really exciting because I'm so curious to know, like, what he's been up to. What is this dude doing? And he's in hiding. And we know he went in hiding. He tried to erase his entire, like, history of existing. Here he's getting scolded because he can't forget his family, which is, like, LOL funny because he's actually at a Yakuza, like, hideout. It's pretending to be, a, like, a monastery, but it's actually, like, a front for a, for a big Yakuza sure. hideout. Anyway. 
Yeah, so this is coming out in 2023. and this, They really do crank those games up oh, over it's, at RGG. It's a glorious time to be alive. And yeah, I am just thrilled. So they've said that this is about half the length of a mainline Yakuza game. That could mean it's 10 hours. That could mean it's 50 hours. Cool. Don't, don't quite know what it means, but I am here for it. My timeline for next year is completely set. And what's interesting, too, is Kiryu is now going by Joryu, I believe is what his name is, which is like, why are you going by that? I don't know. And also, your hair looks like normal hair here, so clearly you get like the silver wig going for it. I don't know. I am so happy. I am thrilled. This was great. Let's go, team. Also, the summit was wonderful because they had all the Yakuza Zero bosses on stage, which that should be the next game you play. Janet. Mm. Oh. That seems like what would be the progression. I don't know if I'll have time to in between these. We'll see how it's going. I have the luxury Yakuza Like a Dragon is going slow and steady. Yeah, But mostly slow. That's the problem. (laughs) It's these games, you know, to complete 80 hours, 100. It depends on how much you want to do. I have the luxury of playing at the beginning of the pandemic when I had nothing but time. And so I cranked all seven games out in two months. I plan to do a, to try to like speed things up a little bit because I like doing a lot of the side stuff and part of that is also a necessity of like grinding to a certain degree anyway so it works out but i'm on like what chapter seven of like i think 15 chapters in yakuza like a dragon which is what it is called so yes. there goes yakuza like a dragon that is the name of the game on the box when i click on it on my dash on xbox game pass but i think i'm gonna do like a week where like every because i'm streaming it and that's also why it's taking longer because i can't just yeah, play yeah. it oh a week of just like all the streams are just gonna be it's, every day i'm playing yakuza like it's yakuza week and that's what i want to do to try to like speed it up a little bit because otherwise i'm like i will be and, and people have tweeted me about this game where they're like oh yeah i just finished it took me two years i'm like yeah i, I can't take that long oh wow we gotta speed it up a yeah, little bit yeah, yeah no i mean i believe it i think to complete that game's about 100 hours if you want to really do everything yeah i probably that. won't do everything no. but i am i am enjoying dabbling in like the side quests here and there and i, I like how they do the side storylines like they're very like thorough and they like like last a long time throughout like the, the regular campaign uh-huh. it's like it really feels like it's a like a regular city you know right. it's like oh let me catch back up with this person but <sighs> yeah i feel like i'm entering at a good time like there's a lot to look forward to yeah so, and that's what's so great about like a dragon is it introduced a lot of people to the series like gary witta for example is a huge like a dragon mm-hmm. fan and he's always talking i'm like yes and like you're playing like a dragon and that's what's so glorious and that's why i'm so happy they're bringing kiru into ichiban storyline title that get people to play zero Hopefully through six, but if not, it's okay. And it's a good. It's been a good week for me. It but if not, such, it's okay, everybody. <laughs> it has been such a good week for me. This I has just, been an incredible week for video game news. I thought for sure that we were gonna just get a couple small things uh, um, around TGS. Usually we get a couple things, but I was not prepared for this. And not to mention, UB Forward happened last weekend, and there was a bunch of stuff, but clearly, y'all know, as you can see from my assassins up here on set, and we are drinking the Assassin's Creed whiskey, that that franchise is my number one out of their stable, and I've been a big Assassin's Creed fan for a really long time, and I had the pleasure of actually getting a pre-briefing from Ubisoft for the Assassin's Creed showcase that happened last weekend. Clearly, Assassin's Creed Mirage was the big headline from that. That's the next Assassin's Creed game that's coming in 2023, and They really are kind of leaning into this open world RPG that they started with Origins and continued through Valhalla. But they did, I think, a wonderful thing, which was like, hey, we know you have questions. We read the forums. We see Hmm. your comments. Let's talk about what's coming in the future of the franchise so you don't 
take to Twitter and tell us about how mad you are that we didn't make the game that you were looking for. Because Assassin's Creed Mirage is set in very early Baghdad. It's actually set about 20 years ahead of the time frame of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So this is the golden age of Baghdad, golden age being 861. And I was trying to talk to somebody about the timeline for the year and I got confused, but what's considered like bc like Mm -hmm. before christ and then there's like this ge like general era and then there's like this like combined timeline era that's like another acronym and i'm like i am not up on the like current like how to measure the years and historical human civilization so all ubisoft told me was the year 861 so early (laughs) you know fair no no pew pews no electricity just just lots of blades. And it features um, Basim, who was brought into the franchise in Valhalla, which I think is really great. But what I thought was really cool is that they bring in Basim's mentor, who is named Roshan in the game. And she, which I think is really great, is played by a female character, which in that era would be very, I think, kind of controversial in some circles. Because women, for turns out thousands of years, not really considered leaders of any kind, which is kind mm. of a bummer. And they brought in a really heavy hitter to play her, Shorei um, Agdashlu, mm. which if you hear, heard her voice, you'll oh, recognize yeah. her instantly. I recently just finished The Expanse, so of course, I'm like very familiar with her work, but she was also in the Mass Effect series and among many other projects that she's done. And I love that they did a little aside with her where she talks about how this character is special to her because it really kind of mirrors her personal experience as a, an elder Persian woman of being like, hey, like I, this is like kind of who I am. And so I was really excited to play this character. And I thought that was really cool. And Ubisoft has been doing a really great job of making sure they do their due diligence with their historical significance and representations in specific areas. And they went into a lot of details about what's going to be coming into this game, including some gameplay changes. But they're really just taking what they built in Valhalla and like kind of glowing it up a bit, including what they called a modern take on parkour because Baghdad as a city is super dense and super vertical. And Valhalla felt like it was a lot of like, open spaces a lot of mm-hmm. trees <laughs> Brittany like out in the woods of, of you know the prehistoric so what's this beef with you and trees oh boy let's not what happened baby girl <laughs> she can't explain it did like that's a tree why. like hurt you in some way hurt me very badly in TLDR in 2017 right 2017 Horizon sure sure yeah. whatever mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it because there were too many trees in the open area it was not an exciting environment for me and I made a comment on what's good and I was like ah too many trees and I've never lived it down since oh okay yeah. it's followed her all this yeah, time it's true yeah. it, was, it was a dumb comment I own up to it and she eventually played Horizon oh, and God. remembered why we talked about it as being one of the most amazing games ever made but we're not talking about Horizon we're talking about Assassin's Creed <laughs> What I I don't want to go too far into the weeds because, like I mentioned, this is probably old news for a lot of people watching the podcast. But I'm excited because obviously I love this franchise and it looks like they're doing a new emphasis on stealth, which was a hallmark of the franchise in its early years. And a lot of diehard fans have been calling for them to bring that back. They're like, Mm -hmm. hey, the combat... The kind of more brawler style combat that Valhalla introduced was cool and all, but that's not really, doesn't really feel assassin. So my, my impression from watching the showcase or the forward was that Mirage was going to go, quote, back to its roots and not focus so much on the open world, on the RPG elements. Is that not right? I think it's column A, column B. Okay. So they're doing both. 
because they clearly put a lot of work into the systems that they built for the open world. But I think what they heard from people in Valhalla is that like, hey, some of this felt a little bit superfluous. Like, I don't need all of this stuff in this game. I want some of it and I want some of the progression to be meaningful. But I got frustrated with Valhalla because it felt like I was using the gear I got in the beginning of the game into late game because they Mm -hmm. never introduced gear that I wanted to grind for or go Mm -hmm. for until the very end of the game. And I'm like, there's got to be a middle ground between gear you get in the beginning that you love but that you want to leave behind because the thing you're getting is better and the enemies you encounter are forcing you to go for better gear and having cool armor sets to Mm -hmm. chase mid to late game they didn't have any mid game chase it was all cool stuff in the beginning and then like really dope stuff at the very end if you made it but Mm -hmm. my gripe with that was like well if I've made it to the end and now you've given me the cool gear where do I go use the cool gear and Ubisoft answer would be like the DLC (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, who's got the time? Yeah. <laughs> the games are too big. And that was their big gripe. And so I think they hear that and the future games are going to acknowledge that and I think scale back because they announced the future of the franchise, including an Assassin's Creed mobile game called Codename Jade, which is set in China, which is another open world game where they say you can parkour on the Great Wall of China. I was like, well, that sounds cool. And you can create your own assassin. That's cool. So the the creator character, I think, is going to be really interesting. They also announced a show coming to Netflix, which I am pumped to see. And they named Jeb Stewart as the showrunner for that. And, of course, it's going to Netflix because they're getting all the video game stuff. And then the big one that I think people are like, oh, my God, finally, Assassin's Creed Red, which we mentioned, set in feudal Japan. It's a shinobi fantasy is what they're calling it. And they are dubbing it the future of open world RPG games. Oh, that is, that's a lot. lot. That's uh, a lot. I'm like, well, if anybody could do it, Ubisoft Quebec. So this is the studio that made Assassin's Creed Odyssey, of course, featuring mm-hmm. Cassandra in Greece. And I loved that game. And I think this game could be really amazing, especially knowing the Assassin's Creed team's commitment to art direction and artistic design and melding original creation with historical representation. I think very few teams in video games really nail it the way that Ubisoft does. And then the one that I think I'm personally most excited for, Assassin's Creed, codename Hexe. Oh yeah, that looks that looks good too. So there's a lot of theories, and I think the idea is that it's going to be centered around the witch trials. Right. And it Sold. sounded to me <laughs> Sold, Sold, right? <laughs> that it was going to feel more like a survival horror game. Oh, they called it a very different type of Assassin's Creed experience, mm, this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And this is very, like, very... Match f- three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no! You know, I wouldn't put it past them. Ubisoft <laughs> is very big in the mobile scene. I would be here for an Assassin's I'm Creed I'm so match excited three. for both of those. I mean, yeah. Ever since Origins, I've always been like, oh, maybe this will be the one. This will be the one. But I just never have been able to finish an AC game. It's just never really been my thing. Yeah. But... Okay, Feudal Japan. I'm like, okay, hi. And then spooky other things. Like, okay, hi. Yes, that's totally me. And that's why I'm like, okay, like, go on with your bad self because this is all a part of Infinity. So that's the thing that I have the most questions about. So they announced Assassin's Creed Infinity. So this was a leak, but I think everyone got the leaks wrong about what Infinity was supposed to be. They called it a hub. It says the standalone multiplayer experiences are going to be connected to this Infinity Hub, and it's supposed to connect all the Assassin's Creed games together. And they kind of insinuated that it would be like an Animus-type experience where you could jump in and out of Assassin's Creed experiences through this hub all i heard through the presentation was 
this is a metaverse. Um, and they didn't outright say that. Right. And I never was able to ask the question. So I should probably still send that to their PR team and be like, can you confirm if this is a metaverse or not? Blockchain, any of that stuff? Because it feels like that's a really popular thing for everyone to talk about these days. You talk about a connected space mm-hmm. and a connected yeah. universe. like that. It's- Maybe they're bringing back PlayStation Home. Who could say? Uh, uh, or they're going to start yeah. selling Assassin's Creed well, PlayStation's doing that with yeah. their um, oh, the PlayStation have- Stars, right? They have yeah. like, they're like, take this fake PS3 and put it in your something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that, put that somewhere. Is true. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Ubisoft already has their whole NFT like side program. So Ubisoft not, right. not beyond me. And they also said that they were exploring ways to, what was it, incorporate multiplayer experiences. There was some very carefully worded mm. PR speak in that presentation. Yes. So they acknowledged multiplayer is going to be coming back to the franchise, but we don't have anything to announce at this time. Okay. So they don't, like, they're not saying what it's going to look like. If it's going to be an Assassin's Creed Battle Royale, which I'm, I'm <laughs> here for, great, um, what it, what it's going uh, to be. So, uh, 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 so that's cool. kind of like left in the ether. But I'm glad that they kind of detailed, hey, this is what you can expect. Here's what's coming down the pipeline. Mirage is next year. And then, you know, probably three years after that, two or three years after that, we'll get Red. And then at some point, we'll get Hex A if it's going to be a simultaneous release around mm. Red, don't know. As a hardcore fan, do you like that approach versus just kind of finding out as it comes? Like, which do you find more exciting? I find it more exciting learning about them as they're ready. However, given the incredibly difficult job video game studios have to keep their projects secret, (laughs) I would prefer them just say, this is what we're working on, like Marvel does at Comic-Con. They're like, let's look at the next 10 years of movies that are going to come out and we'll give you some details and we'll let you, you know, have your fan theories on Mm -hmm. Reddit and whatnot. And we'll tell you what we're working on. But, you know, it's prone to change. And I think Ubisoft has hopefully learn their lesson about showing a game too soon. I'm looking at you, Watchdogs, too. About what happens when you announce too soon, but then they also don't want to have their thunder constantly stolen by assholes who are leaking their stuff, Mm -hmm. right? right? And they've clearly suffered as many leaks as every other video game publisher has. So I like that we have it now, and it's going to appease the forum so their community managers are probably like god bless you whoever decided to do this because we're tired of answering questions or not answering questions about right a japanese assassin's creed game that is clearly in the works because i think that's probably like their most requested setting oh yeah mm-hmm. and so i'm glad that they're finally finally doing it but that's not all that happened at the ubisoft forum i'm not going to go through everything because like i said it's it's old news we got a look at mario plus rabbit sparks of hope which yeah. we also got a little bit of at the nintendo direct we <laughs> skull and bones you guys um yeah. that's a weird that's a weird thing that happened about showing games early you know yeah, yeah. i'm <laughs> i'm still like not yeah well that's coming november 8th yes. so soon i think that game I, i'm really worried about that game i think it's gonna fall on its face they talked about their netflix partnership and then of course it was just the assassin's creed power hour um they did give some updates in some of their live service games you know things like brahalla for honor etc i mean yeah. clearly assassin's creed was the star of the showcase it was yeah it was it was an okay showcase i definitely found myself fast forwarding through a lot of it they put a lot of fluff in and i do like how they feature a lot of people from around the world yes. that work on ubisoft teams mm-hmm. but sometimes it feels forced yeah 
And even like you can just cut that. I mean, we talked about this during opening night live, right? I think it's important to feature developers on the stage, like kind of humanize the development process, make folks realize like there are people behind these games that you love, be nice to them. But it has to be done in a way that doesn't yeah. feel forced, right? And so then especially when you go from that to the Nintendo Direct to the state of play, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, this is how you do a showcase. This is how you keep your your audience engaged. But you know, it was it was a showcase. The Assassin's Creed stuff has me really excited for that series, probably the most excited I've been ever for that. I mean, they're doing different things and it doesn't feel like they're pushing them out every year. So it's not going to be like a copy paste. You know what to expect. Right. Right. Which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. And there's even more news that we can't cover, like what's happening with the Call of Duty franchise. So Activision Mm -hmm. has teased that they're going to be taking Call of Duty in like a bold new direction and they're doing a big creator showcase this week on Thursday. And we, of course, can't make it to get it into the show. Mm-hmm. And so we'll probably talk about that next week. And there was also an ID at Xbox showcase that happened oh this God. week as well. <laughs> I mean, and this this week feels like it's super packed. And oh, I, yeah. I'm just so happy it was here this week. Yeah. You well, know? Brittany is here for a top secret video game event that she will talk about at a future date. And it was just so lovely that because you're local, we're like, oh, we get to all like shoot something together in person. This is wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. So happy you're here been great I'm, I'm checking for any last minute headlines and much of yakuza stuff but i don't need to more yakuza I, I can't. can there possibly be more more yakuza into the show i don't think we could yakuza developer is interested in nintendo switch quote we think of ourselves as people of the <sighs> night world oh my god <laughs> amazing the cloud version can't wait Oh, it's terrible, mm-hmm. but so great. Or a really not nice looking, not cloud version. So we're going to have a weird cut here because you may have already deduced by getting this far into the episode that one Rihanna Manuel Pena is not here this week. And that is because she is in Florida with her husband doing a promotional book tour mm-hmm. for Danny Loves Video Games, which is available now if you guys missed it. And we got the chance to catch up with her, Britt and I did, about her experience at D23. Because in addition to everything else that's happened since last week's episode, Disney and Marvel had a showcase last Friday after the show published featuring one Blessing Adeoye Jr. from uh, Kind of Funny. Crushed it, Blessing. And yep. um, this is where you would take a shot when I say my husband works for Disney oh, in, yeah. in the games department. Did he work on literally all of these amounts? Im- announcements yes he did so rihanna went down to d23 and checked out everything for us and we sat down and chatted with her so let's roll the clip hey everybody welcome to our special mini segment with rihanna manuel pena our normal ride or die weekly co-host who is on vacation doing some really fun stuff re why are you gone from the show this week yeah me from the future is calling in <laughs> to say um i am with my wonderful husband danny pena down in miami florida for his book release so yes yeah, september 15th is the beginning of hispanic heritage month and he is celebrating by officially releasing his book danny loves video games by mr luna and there is going to be an in-person event where there's going to be some Q&A with Danny and the author and then also some signing opportunities. So it'll be really fun. He gets to meet people who are excited for the book in person. And I'm sure we'll have lots of stories to tell you about that. Woohoo! I'm super happy for y'all. I think that it's such an awesome opportunity to tell
tell such a wonderful story. And, you know, it was great to have Danny on the show just a couple of weeks back. So if you guys missed that episode, Danny told us the whole story about how the book came together and how it follows his life. So please go back and check that out if you missed it. And congrats again to our friend Danny. But that's not why you're here today, technically. You are here because you were in person at D23. Yes, the Disney Expo that happened last weekend. Get your shots lined up, everybody. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. So the Disney and Marvel Games Showcase also happened last week, but you were there in person to kind of take in the whole scene. Was this your first D23? It was. It was my first D23. And shout out and congratulations to Kind of Funny's Blessing at AAU Jr. for being an incredible host. He did such a great job, both in the video portion that was live streamed and then also the Q&A after, which I got to sit front-ish row for. So yeah, it was really exciting. It was uh, a lot of Disney magic in the air, for sure. <laughs> I loved how enthusiastic, also hi, if you're watching on YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. I was going to mention, yes, but you explain. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I'm a responsible adult and I got my COVID booster shot yesterday. Hashtag go science. And unfortunately, though, my ass is being kicked. So right now on YouTube, I am an avatar of myself looking. That's how I feel on the inside. Bright eyed and bushy tailed. But on the outside, I look like death. So there we go. Enough about me, though. But Blessing definitely had that Disney magic about him when he was hosting. He had that energy. So much energy. And yeah. he just nailed it. I was like, yeah, dude, like you belong on a Disney commercial. Just like <laughs> Yeah, it was a really fun showcase to watch. I am bummed that Disney didn't put the panels afterwards on the live stream at some point or put the VODs up. And I guess that's part of like the, hey, you had to be there in person. But uh, I think some of the VODs are up now on their Oh, YouTube. if they are, that's great. I have to go check them out. They weren't the last time I checked, but because mm-hmm. I wanted to learn a little bit more. So we aren't going to run down everything that was in the showcase because a lot of it was mostly just updates on existing games, but they did have a couple game announcements, which we'll get to in a second. But Re, what were some of the things that you saw at D23 that you want to chat about today? Yeah, well, sticking to games, because obviously there's lots and lots to cover that ventures outside of it with Marvel being there and all. I was really, really excited to see both Amy Hennig's Untitled project coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And then also Illusion Islands. We actually had the opportunity to sit down after the showcase and after the panel with the Delala team who was working on this game and got a little bit of history on it. Apparently it was around in the, the development ether for a while. And then, you know, Disney Games stopped working on that project. And now they have this revival and this opportunity to come back and, and make it happen. So there's a, a lot of excitement, a lot of triumph. And yeah, I'm excited to see how that project turns out. Yeah, I saw it was in development, I think in 2016 is what I, yeah. what I read. I love this so much. It's this four-player co-op platformer is what it looks like. And right now, I feel like these are so hot, let alone slap Disney together on top of it. And then all these iconic characters. And I think each character has their own moveset, if I remember correctly. Either way, this just looks so damn cute. And this is probably the game that I'm most excited about from that showcase. Yeah, it definitely was a highlight for a lot of people at the show. As you know, people are walking around saying like, hey, what was the biggest the biggest highlight for you? This one definitely came up from a lot of people and not just folks who are in the Disney camp. So it sounded like it really resonated with folks. And I know we've seen a lot of trends recently with this co-op experiences, but it seems like this one's going to be worth checking out for sure. What's the name of this game again? Illusion Islands. Is that right? Uh, Yes. Okay, I'll give Um, you a little bit of a little background here. So join Mickey and pretend I don't sound dead. Join Mickey and friends on a quest to save a mysterious world from disaster and a brand new one to four player 
player cooperative adventure platformer. You'll navigate as Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy through a beautifully handcrafted world as you run, swim, swing, and jump to recover three magical books to save the world. It's a big deal. That's um, great marketing copy right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I just think it looks so dang cute. And I love this little art style they're going with. I'm very excited about this. The little bit about TBD was very oh, cute yeah. and funny. And I was very much into that. And I was like, jokes. They got yeah. the jokes. The so one tweet I was able to fire off during the showcase because I was on baby duty that day. Where was John, uh, Andrea? My husband, John Drake, was actually oh, at the oh. showcase. <laughs> take a shot. Oh, yes, take a shot. That one. <clears throat> yeah, so he was pretty excited. A, a big day for him. He got to bust out some of his fancy Disney sneakers that have been sitting lonely in Aww. the closet during the pandemic. Because <laughs> if y'all don't follow John, he is a big sneakerhead and has a bonkers collection of shoes that he used to hide at his office, but now he can't hide them anymore. That's right. I forgot about that. (laughs) He came home from the pandemic after like packing up stuff from his office at the very beginning, I should say. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought you only said there was a couple pairs of shoes at your office. And it's just like boxes and boxes and boxes. (laughs) But hey, listen, everyone's got their collections, right? Okay, what else, Ree? The other one I really wanted to talk about, and I will try not to go on too long because I could absolutely talk about this for an hour straight, was uh, the project that we saw from Annie Henning and Skydance New Media. So this this new game studio, they're working on this untitled Captain America Black Panther team upset in World War II. And what was really interesting to hear from both Amy and Mark Bernardin, who was heading up the narrative side, was they are focused on making this a sort of Amy Henning original, like an Amy Henning joint, right? Like this is going to be a cinematic experience. It's narrative driven. It's something that's going to be made so it's accessible to all types of players. So we're talking about like contextual prompts, but not necessarily the most Twitch heavy challenges. But if you want that depth of the gameplay, they're going to make that available to you as well. So something that Mark said was that his grandmother has played video games now since he started working in the industry. And he wants her to be able to play through this game. So that gives you an idea of sort of like the, the bar they're setting for what they mean when they say accessibility, which is so encouraging. You know, we see this this movement towards increasing accessibility of these really great, especially narrative experiences, because it is important that as many people as possible have access to play it and to get into this story. So that was really, really encouraging. And the other thing that Mark talked to specifically, both on stage with Blessing and also behind stage when I was actually able to catch him for one-on-one, was the importance of having three Black playable characters at the center of the story. So one being Gabriel, who is a Howling Commando working with Captain America. And then you have a King of Wakanda, who is the Black Panther. Actually, it's T'Challa's grandfather. And Nanali, one of the spies from Wakanda. So from their spy organization, she's one of the, the leaders there in their spy network. And so what is it going to be like when you're at the center of this war in particular, right? World War II, which, you know, many different people have many different histories with, and at least in the United States. But when you have a Howling Commando who's an African-American man who is, you know, fighting in a war, but, you know, still the second class citizen in a lot of rights, meeting a Wakandan king who is part of 
of mm-hmm. a cloistered society that has not come out and to help melanated people across the world yet, as we've seen happening in Black Panther. So there's possible hints of Killmonger was right, you know, like maybe Gabriel isn't immediately on the best terms with the Wakandans and maybe there's some additional conflict and, and resolution needed there while they're all fighting towards the same goal of, you know, liberating people during World War II. So there's so many stories to be told here and I'm just, I cannot wait to dig into it because it's absolutely fascinating just from the premise alone. This was certainly an interesting, probably to me, the standout announcement from the whole showcase. And for people who are like, Amy Hennig, that name sounds so familiar. She has been working in games for decades, probably most known for her work on the Uncharted franchise. She also famously worked on a Star Wars game that was shuttered by EA and is now heading stuff over at Skydance. And I think it's going to be really exciting to see what she's going to do with this title. Now, wasn't too jazz. It's yet another game set in World War II era. But <laughs> all of these details that you just told us that they gave in the panel have me way more excited mm-hmm. than I was. And I was always going to try this game because it's an Amy Hennig joint. But mm-hmm. this makes it way more interesting now. Yeah. Did they talk about re- its structure like a TV series at all? No. So they made it pretty clear that this was one game. So one narrative experience. Um, There may be like chapters within it, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely one playable story. Okay, I'm reading this one article. It's on I look like it's on Kotaku, but it says it's structured like a TV series, which they describe as being a bingeable serialized adventure. So they brought together a team of creatives with diverse experiences across media, TV, film, comics, and games. I don't know what that really meant. My COVID fog brain is (laughs) fucking with me, but okay. So it sounds like yeah. it's, just, it's, just a, it's a game, but the, the way it might be broken down within the game is okay. They did speak to, as I said, like making this something that many different people, different skill levels of gameplay could enjoy and jump into either on their own or sitting next to somebody. And so that makes sense. Maybe I wouldn't have interpreted quite that way, but they definitely want this to be something that you can either play or watch. And it's, you know, I sit down, I have my moment with this story and then I go live my life and I come back to it. And, they kept saying, you know, the word cinematic and narrative. And I think that may be where the sort of like television episode comparison comes from. I like that because here's this quote from her. She said, narratively, this game is co-op. Gameplay mechanics wise, no. I'm like, okay. Like, I get that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. sort of like passenger seat and like was it armchair quarterback a few of the, the scenes yeah. in the game. Of course, we got a couple other announcements, including updates on games like Disney Dreamlight Valley, which I know some of you have reached out and been like, Andrea, where's the update? Are you playing? And I haven't started yet because I was waiting to buy it on my Switch because John is playing on Xbox because it's part of Game Pass. And I'm like, do I spend the money to get into early access on my Switch because I know that this is where I'm going to play long term? Or do I just you know dabble on my Xbox and see if I really am going to get hooked? But John was like, I don't know. I think this isn't going to be an instant hook for you. You should just buy it where you're going to play it the most. So I haven't started it yet because I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried my for you time. Too. <laughs> I'm worried for my game life balance. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, when you got hooked on Animal Crossing, life was way different. <laughs> yes, it was. I had a lot more time to just have coffee and look up custom patterns to put on my pillows, you know? 
<laughs> you also just got back into Destiny 2, so the two at the same time is a little terrifying, oh, honestly. Are you just saying that you wanted to maybe check out Cyberpunk again? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I Listen, I have lots of grand plans for what I want to do. What's actually going to come to fruition remains to be seen. Any other D23 updates? <laughs> yeah, just wanted to say that, like, it was a great experience. I have never been to one before, so I don't have anything to compare it to, but it wasn't overly crowded. I wasn't bumping into people. Like, it felt very safe and very controlled, and I do appreciate the organizers for D23 implementing things like virtual queues for lines so that you don't have 10,000 people standing in one place at the same time to get to something, and and really spacing out the, the number of people in, in each individual room and masks were acquired everywhere I went and that was backstage and I'm just glad that things are coming back but I didn't feel I was risking too much of my personal health and safety and I'm really really inspired by the energy there like people were just so excited to see these projects Disney is a very wholesome brand in general compared Some to a lot of Disney these. magic maybe yeah so it, it was just overly positive even like the celebrities on stage were just like so so loving and so caring and had so many great messages so if there's anything you're curious about that it was at d23 i encourage you to go look up videos because it, it was a lot of great information and it's impossible to cover all of it in mm. one place i have to give a shout out to your amazing outfit that you were wearing oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> Thank you. my god woman you embodied brilliant 90s sexiness oh i was going 90s. for that well, no, wait which day are you talking it. about i just saw the day of the showcase you had like, this bright ass like pattern something something on girl mm. Yeah, that was my, my Nickelodeon shirt is what I'm yes, calling it. okay, that's it. Oh, my God. So nice. good. So good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for popping in, even though you're technically out of town <laughs> on the show this week. We, of course, if you guys are listening to the show, I've already heard. We've got Janet Garcia on the show with us, and we look forward to getting an update on how everything went on the book tour when you get back. Well, it was super fun to get to talk to Ree about all of that. I wish I could have been there, but someone had to keep this baby alive. <laughs> it's a tough job. <laughs> brutal. Yeah, brutal. It, it is brutal. Actually, I watched it on the interwebs. You got one tweet out. I did. One. Exactly nice. one tweet about the Illusion Island, and that was it. That yeah. was good. Hey, that was a worthy title, mm-hmm. worthy of a tweet. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, uh, let's continue on with the rest of the show. Normally, after a big news segment like this, we would take a nice break and then come back and talk about what we've been playing. But it's been a busy week, so we're actually not going to do that. But as I alluded to, Brittany, you're going to be playing some stuff. (gasps) Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. I get to play that. I get to talk about it. I'm so excited. Zach Fair, have you played that game? Have you, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I'm very know. confused about everything Square is doing with Final Fantasy right now. Oh, man. No, yeah. I'm going to be able to talk about that next week. I've played Star Ocean, The Divine Force, Dragon Quest Treasures. Like, these are some Brit-ass games. And I'm just very, very excited to talk about all of those in depth next week when I'm back on the show. Because, you know, it's just the timing of everything. I couldn't talk about it this week. That's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll have lots. Yeah. Yeah. But Janet, thank you so much for coming by the show. What an excellent week to have you on. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, you're doing lots of stuff. So where is the best place for people to keep up with you and all the things you're doing? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter.com. My handle is at GameOnysis. That's Game O-N-Y-S-U-S. And that's my handle across everything. Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, every single place on the internet. That's the handle. If there's a place on the internet that you go to that doesn't have my handle, that isn't creepy, let me know. And maybe I'll (laughs) sign up. But you know what I mean? Don't don't be weird. Don't make don't, it weird. Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. But That's follow me on those platforms um, for all my content. But yeah. 
Yes. And I want to give a shout out to all of our end of podcast listeners. Oh, yeah. So many of you tweeted to me because I asked you at the end of last week's episode. I said, who are the diehards that are making it to the end of each episode? Yeah, a lot. Let me know. So thank you to everybody. I think I responded to almost everyone. I think there's maybe one or two of you that maybe slipped through the cracks. And for that, I, I sincerely apologize. But I was warmed by mm-hmm. how many of you were like, Avi, we make it to the end of the episode. We're, we're the diehards. So mm-hmm. thank you for the support, as always. Like hearing from you guys, you know, makes us feel really good and reminds us that, you know, we love what we do because we do it for you guys. And a little bit for Brit's Yakuza obsession. No, yeah. I got to get it out every week. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, she would just explode. I would. Well, thanks, everybody, for hanging with us. We will see you next week. Bye.